Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Taylor, how's it going? I am doing great, Josh. How about you? Doing well. I'm ready to talk about asking for the sale. I can almost hear people on the waves chewing their fingernails because of how uncomfortable this topic gets for some some people. You know, yeah, I think I think a couple of salespeople just ran for the door when they heard that they actually had to ask for the sale. Yeah, they go, <laughs> wait a minute. So all this paperwork that I'm doing, this quoting these statements of work, that that's not my job. I actually have to close the sale. Yes, you do. If you were listening, you have to close the sale. And, and look, Josh and I have been doing this a long time. So, so take that for what it's worth. There is a level of maturity that comes along with this subject. It's, it's not something that you want to bring up on the first phone call and we'll, and we'll get into it. So most importantly, to, to get started, asking for the sale, like, like, you know, really what's the challenge there outside of the obvious, which is that you obviously need to close the sale if you're a salesman. But some of the challenges that come along with this, Josh, are, are timing. Like within the life cycle of the sale, when is the appropriate time to ask for it, right? Now, yeah. people, people consider this, you know, uh, a part of potential qualification. Uh, but, but actually, I don't, I don't really think it is. My, my personal opinion is that qualification is one thing. And then when you start to get into that 50 to 75% range, I think you making it extremely evident that you want the business is really important. Uh, they might assume that you want the business based on all the work that you've put in, but you know, connecting to that individual on the other end of the phone or connecting with that individual you know, at a level where you can say, look, guy or girl, this is really important for me and, and, and I want to do everything I can to earn the business. So this is me. Being, being very communicative, I want this deal. I want this deal and I want you to give me this deal. Yeah, and I mean, I think the challenge comes in also with when you're dealing with other competitors, right? It's, it's one thing when you got a person on that's interested in your service, you're, you're not in that 50 to 75, 70% range, you know, you're, they're still just kind of figuring out whether they need a certain term. Mm -hmm. But once you get further along in the sales cycle, they're probably comparing you to other competitors. They're talking oh, yeah. to other salespeople. So, you know, if that other salesperson is more aggressive, better, asks for the sale quicker than you do, asks for it in the right way, lets them know that they want it uh, and are passionate about getting there, you know, that's going to make a difference on whether you might get it or your competitor will get it instead. I, I agree. I mean, I mean, let, let's think about this at a human level. How many times have you been you know, interviewing somebody or potentially interviewing somebody for a, I don't know, a home contracting job or whatever you, you do as a human. And if someone's going to show a really sound level, you know, appropriately, respectfully tenacious, you know, way <laughs> of going about uh, trying to get your business. Well, I'm going to remember that. that that's going to be a deciding factor is how bad somebody wants it. And it, it, um, obviously there's a level, uh, there's a line there where you need to draw it to not be, you know, overly, you know, zealous about, you know, everything. And you don't want them to think this is the only thing that you're, you, you know, you're, you're anchoring your boat on, but you do want them to really feel that. And so that, that's something that I, that I'd love everybody to consider is you've been in this situation before where somebody has come to you and they have sold you on something. 
Now, if you've made a decision to hire them or you've made a decision to use them for their services or whatever, the chances of you knowing that they wanted it real bad and the chances of them, of you remembering a situation where they've asked you for the business, those are, those are deciding factors for you too. So, so don't think of it, you know, in, in this, in this ominous way necessarily. I feel like people need to remember the fact that this isn't a very unreasonable question. Yeah, I think on the surface, it's one of those things that, you know, somebody hears the beginning of this podcast and like, obviously you have to ask for the sale, but you just hit it on one thing about like people coming to your house, right? How many times have you gotten quotes for a deck or a remodel or AC or whatever it is, and they totally underwhelm you and don't even ask for the sale. Totally. They just think they're getting it. They're showing up to give you a quote and then they disappear. I mean, I know personally, I've gotten quotes from people and never heard from them again. Exactly. Um, I've, yeah. wanted, I've, I've already chosen them and can't even get them on the phone. Right. Yep. So it's kind of funny to think that asking for the sale would be so trivial, but it's really not. Um, and, exactly. and I think a lot of our listeners can probably think back through their personal lives and, and think of a time that might have happened. Or, or know yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're a sales manager, you know what we're talking about because you've got, you know, young men and women or, you know, potentially, uh, you know, some, some more seasoned men and women that really do, for whatever reason, have a really tough time with this part of it. So it's one thing to, to feel like you are working so effectively in an opportunity because you are doing multiple quote reiterations you're working so hard, you're bringing in subject matter experts, you're meeting with the client, you're having dinner and drinks with the client, you are busting it out. But that's not your job. <laughs> your job is the deal acquisition. Your job is the client acquisition. Your job is getting them to put pen to that paper. So look, guys and girls, it's not uncommon for you to feel that you are doing everything right in the sale or in a pre-sale because of how hard you're working. And granted, some of those things are important, but don't miss the obvious. Don't miss the, 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 the trivial part of this, which is you've got to point blank and however your style is, you, you know your client and, and you know your relationship, you've got to ask for the business. Yeah, and I'll share a quick example that I went I actually came into the other day, and then we'll go through some of the nuance of asking for the sale. So, you know, I had had a lead come in, spoke to uh, the founder of a company. That founder said, "Hey, let me get one of my sales or the head sales reps on. I want you to present to them." So we did our capabilities deck, which is our pretty standard pitch of here's the packages we offer, here's how we operate, the why, all that. And then, you know, at the end, he's like, "All right, well, what's the cost?" So, you know, I gave them some broad numbers. I said, you know, you're going to be here between here and here based on what you're looking for. And, um, you know, I'll send you over some information after this uh, based on what, you know, what you've asked and what we've talked about. And so my one of my follow-up items and attachments was, hey, here's an example of the scope of work. Here are the two items that we talked about that I think would be a good fit for you. Here's the packages. Here's the price. Here's the exact SOW. So that's the exact SOW that they would sign. I'm like, hey, review that. Let me know if there's anything in there that you have questions or concerns about. And, um, you know, we'll follow up, have some more conversations. And at any time I can convert this into a, a digital document, you can sign. You know, yeah. boom. he already knows. He has the SOW. He sees exactly what it's going to take to move forward with us. 
So that exactly. was an early ask, but yeah, you know, right. the timing was right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, I, I like what you just said there. That's uh, that's a really good tactic. Um, and, and perhaps it's not as, uh, as, as, as black and white as asking for the sale, but if you have a conversation with somebody about commercials and, you know, you get their gut feeling or you have some sort of, I don't know, very loose interest or potentially even a commitment, I mean, who's to say you can't go right to DocuSign? Who's to say you can't go right to, uh, to an electronic signature or put a piece of paper right in front of them and just say, let's go? You know what I mean? That's one way to ask. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can do it. And if, um, I mean, if your products are like ours, where the services are very productized, it's a lot easier to do because there's just a little less work involved in putting together a package. But what I wanted to get into from that was when do you ask? Mm. So, you know, that was a very early on. It wasn't a direct ask. It was more of a, you know, opening volley. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so when do we ask for the sale? What do you think? What, so I really, like? yeah, it's a great question. Um, so in, in our businesses, uh, we have seen in, in some, some businesses that I've worked with, they, they agree. The time to ask for the sale is roughly between that 50 to 75% chance of close rate. Uh, that tends to be what's going to get you to that next echelon of close, whether you KPI it at 80%, 90%, 95%, what have you. But there is a remarkable result. There's a remarkable output in hearing that customer say yes or give you that verbal commitment or, you know, uh, draft an LOI, whatever, whatever the, the situation is. When to ask for the sale from what we've seen is between 50 and 75%. And here's why. So before that, naturally, you were getting into the, you know, the qualification phase. Is this a good fit? You're doing a lot of pre-sales. Uh, you're trying to figure out, you know, if, you know, how to deliver your solutioning. And you've got a lot of work to do in order to make sure that you're going to be a valid contender for this business. And you're basically proving yourself up to about 50%. And if they're coming back to you and asking a lot of the good questions and signaling a lot of the right you know, questions. If we give you this, what does this look like? If we award you this business, how would you deliver in this area? How quickly could you do this? All those good qualifying, you know, lead, lead gen, you know, type questions. Um, I'm sorry, uh, lead indicating questions. But until it gets to about 50% where you're like, there's a really good chance we're going to win this. I don't think it's the time to ask. I think that it is a very, and, and it's a good rule of thumb. So for, for those out there that are, that are struggling with the when, um, I think that, you know, you coming around to the 50 to 75%, it's in the boat. I think that's around a good time to, to ask. What do you think? And let, well, real quick, I want to clarify. So for you, yeah. what is, uh, so 50 to 75% or 70% coordinates or correlates to a deal stage. What would the deal stage for you indicate? What, what's the kind of label on the deal stage for 50% for you? Got you. Um, the, the 50% is that you have had a or multiple versions of a statement of work or a proposal that has gone back and forth. They have really poked holes in it. They've tried to make sure that, you know, all the T's and C's are dotted. You've gotten into some paperwork. At that point, if you've gotten into paperwork or really into solutioning some delivery in that regard, I think you're at a minimal 50%. That tends to be where I say that. So that's a great question. Um, and, and look, obviously, closing percentage in the definitions of is an extremely important part of every sales organization. 
So perhaps there's not a lot of organizations out there that, that have it. I think, I think a lot of them do, of course. But I would say as long as you're getting a, a – as long as you have a commercially you know, viable proposal in front of the customer, number one, and that customer has given you feedback, legitimate feedback on that proposal, I think you're at 50%. I think that's a good question. Got it. So, you know, what you're indicating here is by giving them the SOW and going through those iterations of that SOW, you still haven't actually asked for the sale. Correct. Yeah. Just given them an SOW. And I think that's a good differentiator where like some people may think, you know, kind of like my story earlier, um, I gave them the SOW. It's on them, right? Well, not really, because I haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, that was a a preliminary move to to get them to open up and think about it and know what the actual terms are. So right. now that they, you know, they're past 50%, 50% or more, and they have the SOW, what does asking for the sale actually look like? Yeah, good, good question. So first off, I think what you have to really determine here is who to ask. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different people that are involved in the sales process or in the solutioning or the design process of this situation. So Number one, I think you have to figure out who the decision maker is. And look, everybody talks about who the decision maker is, and that's one thing. And identifying the, the, the people on the other end is, is obviously half the battle. But if you don't speak to the people on the other end, well, you're missing the other half, right? So you really have got to find out who the ultimate decision maker is. And then I would recommend, honestly, if you're, if you're to the point where you're at 50% or in some cases 75%, which, by the way, in, in, in my mind, implies that you are – you are getting towards, uh, you have been down-selected, officially down-selected, meaning it is between you, you've confirmed that it's between you and somebody else. It is between you and two people or uh, maybe one other, you know, one other organization. So that's when I think it gets into 75%. And then, of course, you start moving into things like MSAs and T's and C's and legal stuff. Then I think you're out around 75%. But look, that's the point between that, that 50 and 75% range where if you've identified who the decision maker is, I think a really good tactic is for you as the salesman or for your sales manager or potentially one of the VPs in your organization to reach out and let that individual know that you want this business, that you're, that you're going to do whatever it takes to earn the business. And you want to you make sure that if they do give you the business, that, that you're going to be there, that, that you're going to take care of them, that this fits in your wheelhouse, that you've that you've done this a million times, whatever that is, um, you know, we should, we should really lean into that around that time frame to make it abundantly evident that you want the business. Got it. I love it. Um, so you, you, have, you went through the SOW. They have that. You know, now part of that lead up to that ask is really just getting in front of them, letting them know that you want it. Yeah. Um, you know, you know sticking, sticking it out, really. <laughs> that, 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 that's right. And look, I, I know we can talk about this all day long. There's a lot of people out there, especially you young men and women, that this is uncomfortable. I don't think it's unreasonable at all for that to be uncomfortable. I think there's a level of personality that you will develop in your professional career that will make this conversation significantly easier. I think your repeat business with your customers, once you and your customers get to know each other, I don't think that's a very tough question in the long term. But you have to understand that that sales, uh, there's a lot of sales people out there. What's going to be one big differentiator is if you develop the personality that adds a mutual accountability to the deals that you're working on. 
Like there's, look, I, I can't stress it enough. I, I talk to my sales folks about this all the time. They get so wrapped up in the grind, so wrapped up in working the deal to death, working, 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 giving, giving, giving. Look, there is some time during that sale where you need to stop giving and you need to stop and you need to ask for the business or be very, very clear where you stand in that business. And, and as uncomfortable as that is, that's what sales leaders are there for. That's what sales managers are there for. There, if, you, if you were to ever go to your sales manager or potentially the, the VP of sales or however you're structured and you let them know that there's a deal that your organization is going after that is a needle mover or a big, big acquisition or whatever, and that individual isn't willing to help, well, you might need to look in the mirror and figure out where you're working because that's ridiculous. That is something that I do for my people almost every day, and I promise you it yields results. So personality does impact this. Maturity does impact this. And if you're brand new, it's not unreasonable to ask for some assistance in this regard. But as you get older, just like your first cold call when you had that, those butterflies in your stomach and you got hung up at a million times and your confidence goes out the window, this is another part of that sales maturity process and personality process that I guarantee you will get better out over time, but you got to start. Yeah. Well, before we get more into the personality side, I like what you said about having somebody else come onto the deal that is a VP, that is a mm. executive, a CEO, because I mean, that's a tactic I've seen at other companies in the past where they would say, this is a, a deal above a certain dollar amount, right? And, and in the case that it's above a certain dollar amount, the executive or the owner or the VP of sales comes on the phone is like, hey, we want your business. I want to let you know that this is being seen all the way up to the, the CEO level. And we'd yeah. be happy to get him on or her on with your CEO and talk about how this looks strategically. And what that looks like is just a significant level of buy-in from the organization. I mean, Absolutely. It's where they go, look, you're not going to get this from any of our competitors. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've been at software companies where they legitimately said, hey, that company's so big, you're not even on their radar. So go try and get their CEO. You know, yeah. they said in a more, much more tactful way. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. That's essentially <laughs> what they were getting at. You know, like you're, you're a drop in the bucket for this other company and we really mm. want your business because we're smaller and can give you the attention that you need. And, yep. um, you know, that's a very interesting play, you know, to, to help get that deal over the hump. Or again, like we talked about in the challenges section against coming up against the competitor. Yeah, fully agree with you. Uh, and we have a methodology at, at our organization, all of our organizations, and it's, we want the company that you're trying to, uh, not the company, but you want, we want the customer that, that you're trying to close a deal with to feel the group hug. We want them to feel the group hug. If they think that you are the only person that's on that organization and they, and, and you're their only point of contact, you haven't introduced them to like, to the, to the crew that's going to be supporting them throughout the customer journey. Then I think you've, I think you've lost some credibility there, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. We want them to feel no matter how boutique you are, you want them to, to have that boutique experience, but you want them to feel the global scale and the power of your organization. And by doing that, by introducing different folks at different levels, um, different teams at different levels, that's only going to help you. So I, I think that's an amazing tactic and, and quite frankly, one that we use on a daily basis. 
Yeah, I like the feel the group hug. We're going to have to bring that up for another podcast. Um, I like that. Yep. <laughs> on the personality side. So the interesting thing is, is um, you know, I had another company that did personality assessments for many years. I still do that mm-hmm. for certain clients. And it's all around using personality ass- assessments to pick the right person for the right role. And the really interesting thing was, is we did a lot of data-driven studies comparing sales reps and their personality and their outcomes and the, the challenges that they had mm. with these assessments. So, I mean, you're take, we're taking 200, 300 sales reps for an organization and doing long-term, multi-year, I'd say, probably not long-term, but multi-year comparisons around their sales. And it is actually a personality trait for people to not want conflict, right? You see this a lot of times with more inside salespeople. There's certain personalities where they are conflict averse. They have a real hard time asking for the sale. They have a real hard time putting pressure on a client to make a decision mm. um, or move on. And so that's a really big indicator, you know, and something people can use to understand, you know, do I have somebody on my team that has a tendency not to ask for the sale or has right. a tendency to not put pressure? All of that is can be easily predicted ahead of time with personality assessments. And what I mean yep. by that is like there's just Myers-Briggs, we use one. Enneagram, all those, yeah. There's tons of them. But you can actually look at that and predict what issues or, you know, what challenges that rep's going to have and how you can coach mm-hmm. like asking for the sale is is part of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And like you said, yeah, it, it's not that we want to get in a tangent or, or anything like that. But I will say that as a sales manager, as a leader, as someone that makes the decisions on bringing on individuals at your organization, if you start to bring on those type of personalities that are really good grinders and really good workers, but they're a little bit timid, a little bit too against conflict to add, uh, you know, to go ahead and ask for the business, well, then you might not need that individual in that spot. Perhaps that you want to put them in a different spot and maybe you as the sales leader, you as a sales manager, the one that really goes out there and makes it completely abundantly evident that you want the business and you go out and ask for that. Um, so, you know, you, you brought up something earlier, Josh, that, that is so common in our business. And, and, it, and I like your example where you said, you know, you're bringing on like a lawn care company or a contractor and someone's like, Hey, here's what we can do. Here's your quote. And you never hear from them again. I mean, the follow-up of this is big time, right? You don't yeah. just want to, give them a quote and then be done. Well, look, I mean, so everybody's got their idea of what a follow-up is and look, and perhaps you can knock two birds out with one stone following up and checking in. Do you understand your proposal? Do you really know what it costs? Do you have any questions of that, about that proposal? If that's a common follow-up and a, and a part of your, your pre-sales, well, great, but sprinkle in asking for the sale, sprinkle in bringing an executive to that call to make sure that it's clear and, and that follow-up process doesn't necessarily need to be different than asking for the business and truly making it obvious that, that it's a good fit and you want it emotionally. Uh, I think following up in that same regard is something that's easily integratable with asking for the sale. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's one thing about following up to see if they have questions, concerns. You know, Obviously, when you're getting multiple quotes, there's price comparisons and they're, they're never, never apples to apples. Um, you know, so there's things like that. And then there's, there's other general follow-ups around, well, where they're, they're in the decision-making process mm. and they don't have an update for you, right? I mean, that's a good time to send other sales enablement content and other, you know, content from your website and things that you have to just show them, Hey, 
you know, here's some other information. Here's a case study from another happy client. You know, there are ways to continue to drip on them while you're waiting. Uh, yep. if, I wouldn't say waiting is probably the wrong term. You don't want to be waiting uh, while you're being active and trying to. Cook. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look, I mean, we can also be very practical here that sometimes people take this too far. And so there is a there is a line. And I think, again, that comes with maturity and that comes from personality and, and, and just being a professional in this business. There are plenty of people that sell past the close, that ask for the business too much, that become, you know, way too tenacious and obnoxious and, and pestering and whatnot. So it is important to mention here that there's an art to this. There's an art to making sure that the client knows that you want it, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And, you know, to be, you know, to, to add some accountability to the client that says, you know, respectfully, don't waste my time unless this is real. Um, because I'm giving you this time because I want it. I'm giving you this time. So I'm, I'm asking for it and, and, and yada, yada. But there is selling past the close. How, how many times have you seen this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people who keep going after, after the person already wanted to sign. You know, <laughs> exactly. Them, it's like, hey, I was, I was already ready. Where's the contract? Yep, that's right. <laughs> Never miss a good chance to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and like you said, there is an art to it because what I generally find is uh, what many people consider being overzealous actually isn't far enough, right? And again, that's a personality mm. trait. Somebody, somebody doesn't want to bother them or... They said they would call me back and let me know in two weeks. And, yeah. you know, there's just all kinds of ways that goes wrong. I mean, I've seen it where, yeah, they said they were going to make a decision in two weeks and uh, they call them a week later and I'm like, um, hey, where, where are we at with this? I know it's going to be two weeks. And it's like, oh, well, we already went with another vendor. Like you already lost the chance because you were waiting. So mm -hmm. there is, like you said, there's an art. And normally the lines, I think the line's a little further than most people uh, most sales reps tend to take. Got it. Yeah. And, and look, there is obviously different life cycles of the sale, depending on what you do for a living. If you're in a high transactional business, well, maybe peppering the client every five minutes is in your best interest, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, if you are, but if you are in, you know, you know, most types of deals that, you know, take months at a time potentially and to, to, to get in, you know, potentially large scale projects, if you're in the contracting business or or financial business and family wealth, what, whatever business you're in, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these sales take a little bit longer to close. So there is an art and we're not sitting here saying that there is a one size fits all. There is, there is something that you need to understand about the individual on the other end, potentially the other individual hates, hates follow-ups and just wants to make the decision on their own. Well, that's going to be pretty tough for you to handle. That those those are the that that's the honest answer. If they just want to give you the business when they're ready, well, that's going to be tough, and you just need to come to grips with that. Because if you rub them too hard the wrong way, then well, they they might they might disappear. And there's others that really are all about high touch customer service that want to hear from you. I mean, I I can tell you that if I've got a vendor coming to me and I get cold called every day, if I got a vendor coming to me and you know, bringing something to my attention and it catches my attention. And then we have a great conversation and, you know, and they don't move me closer to something that I can actually feel and touch and, and see and understand. And they're not continuously following up with me. Well, I'm, I'm going to, not only am I going to not do it, I'm going to forget about it. Right. You know, so, and it's, 
you know, and, and granted, you obviously, you just really have to understand the personality, not just for, your, not just for yourself, but on the other end of the, uh, of the, you know, phone or the other end of the table, that decision maker is going to have their own personality that you're probably going to need to align with to make sure that you give yourself the best chance in that figuring out that personality. I think Josh fits into the art of this subject. Yeah, most definitely. Awesome. Well, you know, that's all about asking for the sale. So, I mean, there's all kinds of challenges from timing to other competitors and, and when they're asking, uh, when to ask, who to ask, uh, the personality of the sales rep. How does that impact whether they are asking or they're just really throwing an SOW over the wall? You know, all kinds of things to think about. So thank you for joining us on the Sales Leadership Podcast. Catch you next week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.